Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break Cycle. Me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful, was it Thursday? It's Thursday, huh? I always fuck Friday. What? Feels like Friday. Does it feel like Friday? Yeah, yeah. It does feel like Friday. I'm off this weekend. Um, Unfortunately, I will be, this will be my last weekend off for like five weeks. I'll be working every single weekend for the next five weeks because we... We had a guy that passed. We had a guy at work that passed away. He got in a car accident and died. Um, rest peace to a good friend of mine. I love the guy to death, uh, but he was the only other day guy. So now we don't have another day guy. So I'm the only day guy. So I'll be working the next five weekends in a row, minimum, probably longer than that, because our, our job can be real slow about picking people up. So, uh, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight on Thursday. We got a great show for you tonight. I'm very excited. Before we get into it, of course, let's talk about some sponsors. We got TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break Cycle. We get this great read Mises, not Mark shirt that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Uh, someone's saying low audio. Is it low audio or no audio? Low audio. I think I just wasn't leaning into the mic. And yeah, you got to lean it. into the mic, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't initially. Yeah, you got you got to remember that when you guys are sharing the mic over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was aware of it yeah. because it was it was just some side. Cover. Okay, all right, uh, guys. Yeah, definitely use BTC at checkout for a ten percent discount on all the tops. Great gear. Uh, he's got some cool new partnerships coming up and stuff as well. So you guys are definitely gonna want to be watching out for top uh, of course you can get a 30 percent discount on all of his new stuff uh by using uh by joining the patreon or the subscribe star becoming a member of the youtube channel under all of my videos uh where you can get into a private discord server he'll drop his new gear you'll get it two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 30 percent discount so really you're saving money uh helping out two uh content creators and, and it's a it's a good thing and of course executive producer of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and HR arenas. Their teams lead by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel challenges. Personnel challenges, not personal challenges, personnel challenges. Plus Amy LaFour is a wonderful person um, and you should definitely be supporting her her, her business. I need to turn this down, huh? All of a sudden my yeah. my phone, I never- You're, you're popular. Yeah, I never had my ringer on. Uh, let's check in with my two wonderful uh, co-hosts, Mr. AJ Fisher and Ryan. Kurt, sir, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. Thanks. Glad to have you. I'm doing pretty good. I got elected to be the treasurer treasurer of the Polk County uh, branch of the Libertarian Party last night. Like a ba- baby what fledgling. was not expecting that to ha- happen yeah. uh when I attended my first meeting, yeah. but you know, life, well, life comes happen. at you fast. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. Man. That's and, the, that's uh, the absolute truth. Uh, guys, I, also, I need some yep cocks real yeah, quick. He in needs the yep chat. cocks in the chat. If you guys haven't dropped some yep cocks in the chat, you're, you're fucking up. Uh, and of course we have a great, uh, guest tonight. I'm very excited. We were going to do the show last week. We had to reschedule, uh, um, great friend, black guns matter, founder, president, all around badass, great dude from from uh, the the great city of Philly, Mister Maj Tracer. How are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful, man. Thanks for y'all for having me. You know what I mean, yeah, of course, man. We're happy to have you, dude. I I uh, you know I've been following you for a long time. I've been a fan of yours. You you've been uh, a friend of mine. We well, you know it's been really nice being able to talk to you in person a couple times and, and all that stuff. Uh, but what's going on, man? How you been? What have you been up to? Uh, what's going on with Black Guns Matter and all that good stuff? Um. First, you know, thanks. I want to apologize to everybody for for last week um, for me dropping the ball on scheduling. Um, You know, I know folks were tapped in for that and I kind of dropped the ball there. So one, thanks again for having me, guys. And um, outside of that, man, um, 
just, you know, new year. I feel like everybody that says new year, new me, um, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible cliche, but sometimes if you do the whole new year thing, right. And when you're really reflecting on, you know, work that you're doing and the relationships that you have, I think it's a good reset. I mean, even though it's not really the new year, like in nature, the new year is like spring where it is new, like vegetation and stuff like that. But um, that's really kind of like what we've been doing with BGM, just reflecting on um, what our next approach is going to be and um, how we can get more folks um, from urban America kind of on that Liberty wave. Um, and, and, and that's kind of like the state of BGM and solutionary lifestyle right now. So that's all. That's it, man. Just uh, heavy fundraising, heavy uh, reevaluating, uh, making sure that we're getting the people that need this messaging the most like on board. So that's pretty much what, you know, 2023 looks like for us over at BGM and, it's a very, it's been a very, very interesting ride. So I, 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 you know, there's, there's ups and downs, but you know, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't dare complain. Sure. Sure. And yeah, for those that you, those of you that don't know, uh, Mosh is the, the reason why, uh, black guns matter fundraises is because they offer these classes for free, um, in these urban neighborhoods and, uh, to, to keep that free, they have to raise money. So definitely if you're not giving some money to, to black guns matter, you should be doing that. Um, so much before we get into any topics or anything uh so i got to see you at the national convention in may mm-hmm. um and I, I i talk i've actually talked about it quite a bit on the show you gave a speech at the mises bash uh which was actually like kind of sectioned off from the the national convention but in the same uh area and uh it, it like resonated with me so deeply like it, it just made so much sense because as somebody who's been in this in this game for a while now right like i'm going i'm working on like you know my second decade of of fighting for liberty in the u.s and i've been i've put up with everything i've been called you know a nazi and a deadbeat and a woman abuser and all kinds of everything that they could throw at me they've tried to throw at me to try and knock me off my game um and you gave the speech where you're like look you guys you know you know you can't do it you're not going to do it you're you some of you are going to take a bag and you're going to dip some of you're going to turn turn enemies um, and, and you're not, you're not going to be able to do it. And, and that resonated with me so deeply because I, I, I watched, I've watched over the last several months since that happened, several people take the bag, you know what I mean? And, and walk away and, and give up and, and just kind of like, um, you know, it looks like they, it looks like they got, they, they got like gotten to, right? Like, like somebody got to them and turned them against the movement. And, and it just, that, that speech has resonated with me this entire time, man. Um, I mean, have, have you seen, you, you've been working with the Libertarian Party for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen, have you seen any of that personally? Um, I've seen the, I've seen the propaganda tactics change like damn near overnight. I've saw conservatives that, you know, were happy to just um, ignore and pretend like Ron Paul wasn't a thing for the last like half, damn near half a century. I've seen people that were content with ignoring that now, like they're 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 using their platform to, in essence, attack libertarianism. Um, you have guys that, at the same time, while that's happening, we see right now, you know, even in the the you know House Republicans are pushing forward bills that I mean, obviously, it's, it's you know it's pork in the bill, but pushing forth legislation to say things like. 
hey, maybe we should like defund the IRS or maybe we should even like, I don't know, get rid of it altogether. Like this is what House Republicans are saying to strengthen their to look more, you know, uh, strong or for liberty when the GOP looks very, very, very weak and fickle as they've been for some time now. And so they're taking libertarian, you know, talking points, for lack of a better term, to appear stronger when they know more than likely Democrats won't let it get through the Senate. And many Republicans as well. Yeah, you know. um, Like every company in June changing their logo to a rainbow flag so they don't seem like bigots. And then, you know, July July 1st hits and it's all back to normal. All back to normal. And so... I'm seeing that while I'm also seeing mainstream media and those same conservatives go after libertarianism. You know, we saw guys like um, uh, the guy, Matt, Matt you know, just come out and, yeah, and say, oh, this is why libertarianism. And they use, you know, and it's not a knock to reason. I'm not knocking any publications, anybody. I actually had a pretty good article on uh, or interview on reason here recently. But, you know, utilizing reason as the bastion of libertarianism while ignoring Ron Paul or, you know, or Rothbard or, you know, Mises or just those concepts is, you know, we're seeing those guys do that. We're seeing that machine fire itself up. And this comes right on the heels of, you know, Crowder saying something similar about libertarianism. Alex Jones as well, yeah. Alex, it's, it's amazing to watch. It's, yeah. it's amazing because you look very prophetic to people that um, haven't really paid attention to, you know, what the, what that uniparty or what that duopoly or what that system does. I was actually watching something on Netflix a few days ago, maybe a week or so ago. And um, it's like it's like in the top 10 on Netflix. I forget the name of the show, but in essence, and I recorded it in essence, um, this this guy, he's like an agent and. He's asking one of his guys who's like the comedic relief, but he's another agent. And he's like, come in, tell me about insert whatever the bad guy's name is. And he's like, um, oh, well, he's a darling of the libertarian right. <laughs> like to package it like almost how they packaged every single person that, you know, agreed with anything that Donald Trump said. He's a darling of the, the libertarian right. And uh, it's, it's a wonder that he wasn't uh, sanctioned for assisting with the invasion of Ukraine. And he's tight with the Russians. This is Netflix, which right. is the most popular. And I'm just looking at this. And all I could think about again was that speech like, wow, you guys have moved very efficiently in your propaganda. Right. You know, and uh, I, I love, I love that they're doing that. I love when you have someone, you know, a, a milquetoast so called conservative taking the individual opinion of one person or one particular uh, writer at Reason Magazine. Um, And even that article, even though I disagree with a lot of what was in that article, I understood the concept of what the writer was actually trying to get at. But for- And so did Walsh, I'm sure. yeah, Yeah, a guy like Walsh to take it out, put it on Twitter and try to spin it as if, um, you know, li- to say that all libertarians are in alignment with the concept that, you know, um, people who groom or like pedophilic type of energy is is part of our standard. Right. It's actually the opposite because we believe in consent, something that a, pretty much a child can't really fully do. And so 
um, just seeing them put their foots in their mouths so eloquently is beautiful to me because you, if you guys are all doing it at the same time, if Shapiro and or um, Matt Walsh and or Crowder um, on the so-called right are doing that, as well as Netflix is packaging libertarians um, as white right wing white supremacists or racist or Nazi lovers or hate the Ukraine or whatever the narrative thing is. I think that's great. I think it's great for two reasons. One, it speaks to, oh, y'all are going to run this play. I know this play. I've read your playbook. I know exactly what to do when you run this play. Um, and two, it's because I'm very interested to see how if the Libertarian Party on a national level and a lot of these on the state level at these conventions, if they continue to highlight people like me that are urban, that happen to be melanated, it's always interesting to me to watch that matrix blow, like blow a gasket trying to figure out how to use that old playbook on somebody like me. And that's exciting to me because right. that's how we were able to beat a lot of gun control um, with our work at Black Guns Matter by calling the process of gun control the racist practice that it is, have the data and the historical inf uh, evidence to prove it, and showing how their thing was actually racist while they were painting gun owners as, oh, it's only white dudes and they want, they want to scare black people. When I show up, you can't use that playbook anymore. And because right. the playbook has worked so well and they're so used to it, they never came up with any very you know uh, many other plays. So I'm interested in this exciting to me because I will I see the blitz. I'm going to audible and I, I'm going to I'm going to absolutely destroy that you know, play. Right. And so um, I, I, I like it. I love it. I love that. Um, yeah, I do too. And I think, I think that's the, uh, you know, that when they talk about first, they laugh at you, then they fight you and then you win, you know, and that, that's really what it is. I mean, you know, the, the, the conservatives in the United States for a long time have not conserved anything. No. Zero things. And, um, you know, when, when Michael Malice says that, that conservatives are just uh, the progressives driving the speed limit, that's the truth. Yeah. And, and so now they see a movement growing and swelling in the United States of people that are ready to conserve, you know, traditions like the Second Amendment, you know, traditions like the First Amendment. These, these, this is what conservatives are supposed to do. They're supposed right. to conserve those, those traditions that make us a great country, right? right. Um, and, and, and like, like my favorite t-shirt says being a bitch is un-American, right? That's my favorite yeah. t-shirt in the whole world. I, I had a, a buddy of mine in Florida at the Florida state convention actually gave me that shirt off his back, dude. Cause I was like, that's <laughs> the best shirt I've ever seen. And I was like, Oh, it's a fucking, it's black guns matter shirt. This is even better. Uh, but, but that's the truth. And they haven't been doing that. And so now there's, they see a movement that's becoming an effective political tool. Now, you know, I've been a little jaded in and out on politics. You guys know that, especially people watch show, but, um, it's becoming an effective tool to at least move the Overton window because now the conservatives are like, oh, fuck, we're going to have to start conserving these things, right? Right. Because we're going to we have to be and do the stuff that or the things that we say we actually are. Right. Um, and just comparatively, like if you have really, really cool, um, intelligent. Um, and, and when I say cool, I don't mean like they got to be urban. They got to be suburban. They got to be whatever. They don't got to be chads. They could just be people that are knowledgeable and relatable 
start to express and, 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 and espouse values and principles that are supposed to be in alignment with your particular party or value system better than you, you got to up your game. Hence them saying, hey, maybe we should present legislation to abolish the IRS Ted or Cruz defund the IRS. Ted Cruz is the like, one that brought that up too. You know, and so the the thing is, I don't care how it gets done. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I'm a point guard. I, I don't have to score at all for us to win a championship. I just got to dish the rock. Right. And if certain people um, want to wear the team uniform for their own reasons, and they're spreading the message to their following, and we can pick up the ball and say, you know, these are ideas that I, I love when there's a, you know, a, a very bland conservative, um, that does some of the lifting for us. The left, you know, the, the Biden administration and over the COVID regime and all of that, these guys have done a lot of the heavy lifting for us because they were so overreaching. Right. You know, these are the same people that thought it would be a good idea to have, you know, like Hitler-esque backdrop for <laughs> Joe Biden as he's yelling. <laughs> I couldn't believe so that. I'm like, these guys are doing a great job for us because people will double back and be like, Bro, what was you saying this thing about individual liberty? Because this doesn't look right, you know? And so I don't care if they want to do the heavy lifting for us, meaning the leftists or Democrats, or if the so-called conservatives want to do the heavy lifting for us, because every time they open their mouth, they get ratioed. You know, Matt Walsh got absolutely ratioed in that tweet, right? Matt Walsh is the same guy that made a 15-minute video about me when I said, like, dude, you're only talking about slavery from one perspective to try to nullify when black people have this conversation about slavery and what reparations potentially would look like. Anytime black people have that conversation, you want to diminish that, but you would never say, oh, just ju to, to our Jewish brothers and sisters, oh, just get over the Holocaust. It doesn't matter. He got absolutely trounced there too. Right. But this is indicative of that messaging. And now even those guys, you know, and their PR teams are like, listen, guys, we got to do something a little bit more extreme. We got to throw Hail Marys. To you, it's extreme, as the Mal Michael Malice quote so eloquently, you know, shows. To these guys, actual liberty and limiting government is somehow a Hail Mary when it was supposed to be your standard play. Yeah, it's the, it's the standing, standard operating procedure, man. I mean, right. that's straight up. That's just the truth. I mean, this is the, the baseline of human freedom, right. right? And I try to explain that to people, too. Like, libertarianism is... Uh, ideology that's so easy to understand. It's what we start teaching our children when they're like our firstborn. Keep yep. your hands to yourself. Don't steal people's shit. Like this is the basic tenets of human freedom. Right. The, the, but that speaks to how far we're away from the basics. Anything that you want to get good at, you got to be like insanely solid at the basics. Right. I don't care what it is. If you're shooting, Side alignment, okay, that's great. You got you boom, you got an amazing firearm, you got a five thousand dollar competition pistol while you're competing. That's awesome. Can you press the trigger backwards, right? And break those shots without disturbing the sight picture, side alignment. If not, you're not gonna hit anything. These are fundamentals. Grip, stance, side alignment, sight picture, trigger press, recoil management, getting targets back, you know, sights back aligned, press that trigger again. These are basics. If you are a basketball player. If you get filed, it is a free throw because you're supposed to be so good at it that it's free. There will be no defense. You should be shooting 80, 90% from the free throw line because you've mastered the basics. Right. You go into the gym, 
What's your squat like? What's your bench press like? What's your calf raise like? What's your core strength like? Basics. And so by allowing um, the extremes to happen, and and we've done it on both so-called sides, and I say we um, as the American people, because what starts to happen is it'll be one extreme. And so one extreme may be um, something like, um, you know, defund all police in the sense of not explaining what that means and just using it as an extreme catchphrase. And then, okay, right, wrong, or indifferent, right? Then the other so-called side does a massive overcorrection. We back the blue no matter what. Well, you are the same side that just said politically when your so-called adversary says vote blue no matter who. Back the blue no matter what is the same concept that you rail against. So there's all of these massive overcorrections and no one stopping and going, wait a minute. How about um, the things that are being called crime? Most of them are not crime. If you want to be a police officer, we should train you properly to go after actual crime, things that harm people's, you know, their body or their personal property. And if you're not signing up for that job, we're not we're not hiring you to just, you know, stand behind a, a billboard and try to trap somebody on the highway. Right. If we change these um, perspectives or or the job description and only tell people this is the job description, you're going after, you know, robbers, rapists, and killers, right? You'll get a different quality of person. And then that's more of a balance. So we're not saying defund everything extreme, but a lot of the things that shouldn't be around, shouldn't be around. No, I do not want to hire and pay for police officers that are going to potentially choke me to death because I sell Lucy cigarettes that I bought myself with my money singularly. You know, I don't want to, I don't want you to Eric Garner me. God bless the dead there, you know, but at the same time, you know, if you're not a person that actually, if you want to buy into this concept that the state is going to come protect you, Okay, if that's what you believe, what does that look like? Balancing and explaining and educating the general public about these things is the actual correction. But what happens is we keep doing this and conservatives and liberals or so-called what we're calling liberals and conservatives now just keep doing this. The entire time libertarianism has had a very balanced baseline of, hey, dude, like limit the government as much as possible. Don't have the government involved in things it should not be in, which was one of the points that that article, which, again, I disagree with a lot of that approach. But I understand what that reason writer was trying to say. Why are we interjecting the government into a thing and overcalling something as opposed to saying, yeah, this is wrong. and We already got something on the books as opposed to creating more laws that don't work that haven't been used in the first place. Right. And so having that approach. Um. That is dangerous to the uni party because we can't keep you fighting against each other while we send more and more of your money and print up more and more, you know, debt, so forth and so on. And you're not even asking questions about what we're doing behind the curtain. So all of this ties into the original thing about seeing how we're being attacked in the mainstream media and just being, uh, you know, concerned about how the party um, will use you fire up its own propaganda or proper or fact machine to counter that or be ahead of that because we could fail. We could have great, I mean, 
the, the, the Second Amendment community had great messengers for some time, but, you know, bigger organizations were not picking up or highlighting those voices. That's the reason why we had to do it independently with Black Guns Matter. So our messaging in kind, I'm interested to see how that'll, that'll happen. Um, will, will LP National, you know, highlight voices that traditionally it has not? Uh, Eric July, a uh, Larry Sharp, you know, guys that... Um, and even myself, and as, as many people want to say, you know, oh, you guys might be playing a race card. No, it's not playing a race card. It's saying, hey, there is a solid group of Asian, Black, Latin, um, white suburban or white urban people that all encompass the Libertarian Party and ideology. If we are not successful in packaging that and highlighting those voices to combat the false narrative, then we're going to lose. Right. You know, you can be right and still lose. You know, my grandmother used to say, you don't get anything for being right. You're just right. Um, and so the I'm interested in seeing how um, the party responds that way. It's one of the major reasons why I have such a, you know, a, a, such love for, for Michael Heiss, who understood that culture to be like, yo, mine's just doing his thing. Like he's speaking to a dem different demographic that, quite frankly, we're not in. And we may not all the way know how to communicate with that demographic. Right. Culture is important. When that was going on, when that shit was going on, and, and I was gonna bring that up because it was like this, there was like this subsect in the in the, the, the actually it was like the majority four years ago in the Libertarian Party, um, of you know snotty, like uh, upper middle class, like the to high class white kids from like really affluent neighborhoods, and Maj Maj was coming in with the with the Mises movement, and and you know. Myself, I'm from Oakland, obviously. I grew up I grew up in a very urban area, you know, a different different kind of lifestyle than some of those guys are used to. And of course, right. then you got Mike Heiss, who's like from the Philly area, and then Jeff Douglas, who's from Philly. And 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 so like the, when when Maj was speaking, it was just normal to us. You right. know what I mean? Like right. we were just like we were just like, that's just how we grew up talking. I mean, I don't know you know what I mean? Like and, and we had this conversation the other day, man. We used to stand around in, in, in circles and tell your mama jokes and all this shit. And like, that's how, that's how we grew up. You know what I mean? Right. So like that shit doesn't offend us at all, right. at all, you right. know? And, and so Maj was speaking and these kids were like, oh my God, you know, I can't believe he said that. He told a guy to suck his dick and this and that. And, fuck. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, that's like totally normal. I don't know what, I don't know why you guys have such an issue with it. And, and then I had to like, I had to like compartmentalize my own feelings and realize that these kids just aren't used to that at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and it's, and it's, and it's, that speaks to what Maj is saying where they don't speak to that community. Right. It's, it's a weird thing too, because one of my favorite artists right now in hip hop is OT the real. He's a hip hop artist. He's from Philly. He happens to be a white dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he happens to be a white dude. He happens to have done, some state time, he's, he's, you know, his record is his record, right? Um, <laughs> he understands urban America. He just happens to be white. Right. You know, it's like there's white dudes that are from urban areas like Jeff. And there's like in Philly, you know, we sometimes greet or joke each other by saying, get out of here, dickhead. Like we'll joke with these are people that we love. That was a very mild version of what you were wanting to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so, you know, it, it's like a, if you understand the culture, you understand the of an urban demographic, right? right. There, there may be there may be some guys that are country dudes, right? And I'm, you know, I'm probably here going to 
move somewhere to the country. Like I'm, I'm pretty much done with city life. I, you know, the last two years and how many, you know, so-called tough New York, Philadelphia, how many people folded? I'm just like, I, I, I didn't see those country men and women folding down in Texas and Florida the same way. Right. Um, but there's guys from the country that have that happen to be black or white. If you grew up on a farm, there's certain shit that you're going to understand. And I'm, it's, it's foreign to me. Right. It's foreign, you know. And so um, that again, that culture component, we have we we know this theoretically, the importance of it. Right. Um, in indeed and in reality, we have to accept the fact that uh, traditionally the left has been much better at it. And, and it could be because the left has been better at it because they don't have facts. Right. The history of the Democrat Party does not bode well when you if you actually start explaining this to black people or urban Americans that happen to be black. Right. And I say I say black because I'm a, I'm, I'm a black man that lives in a black community that recognizes that this demographic has been deliberately denied the conversation about liberty, like more than any. And it's not you know, it's not the like oppression Olympics, but it's like, nah, bro, there's certain things in America that we have to be honest about, bro. And so this is not to disparage other groups. It's saying, hey, man, if we can get this demographic on board, there's a reason why leftists are great at culture, um, even with so little facts, when they're targeting this demographic. Right. You know, and so if we are honest about that and we have the right liaisons and the right, um, um, you know, messaging or we allow people that have just general conversation that relates and then that can spread that message, we win. And the fact that we are being attacked by, you know, the propaganda machine on Netflix already. Right. The fact that, you know, you have anti-gun guys like Batista on Netflix specials shooting his gun in the air and still, um, on Twitter, he blocked me, by the way, but like <laughs> on Twitter, you know, acting like everything that's liberty and freedom is, is is racist and it's propaganda. I love that you're that afraid. If you were not threatened, you would ignore us like you used to do. Right. You know, and that tactic is no longer working, you know, and I, I just I'm, I'm excited. And I also just challenged, you know, LP National with especially under new leadership to just challenge guys to like, yo, we don't have to go, we're not doing the pander thing. However, you do need to highlight, that's what corporate America gets right. Corporate America goes, yo, do we have representation? Not a pander, but do we have someone that speaks this skill set or this language that on our team that can represent if this comes up? When you have a team of attorneys, you don't just have like, I have a criminal lawyer. That's cool, but do you have a um, copyright attorney? Do you have a, you know, do you have a will? Do you have one, a guy that's, you know, a, a, an attorney that deals with um, contracts? Right. You know, do you have an entertainment attorney? So like there's different disciplines. And if we look at it that way, we're not jumping out saying like, hey, look at how non-racist we are. We're not saying that. We're just saying, yo, in reality, our team and our and the people that we show that that are on our you know our libertarian board of directors for lack of a better term they're all well versed and steeped in the lanes and disciplines that they come from right you know and 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 that's the point of building a team having a, a solid kicker having a solid wide receiver having a solid cornerback 
having an amazing coaching staff, having an amazing front office. You know, this is what makes teams win championships. And just I just I just challenge everybody to remember that um, while while making sure that it's not the pander, because if we if you disagree with the approach, don't just be like, I did. I, I, I have to agree with it because Maj said it and he's the you know, the black liaison. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it could also be like, nah, man, I don't know if I agree with that and have that healthy discourse. And then we get to an understanding. And well, tell me why you disagree with that. I remember I had this conversation one time in the gun community. Why, um, you know, uh, it was it was a, uh, a event out at Waft. Waft is where our families train. It's out in Orlando. They do scenario based training. I, I recommend everybody to look them up. Um, they do scenario based training where you get shot at with UTM guns, which are like pellets without right. like paint guns without the paint. And you still feel it. So, you you know, you kid. And we were having a conversation with that. And um, and I'm saying there are certain things about my demographic that you guys just don't even know that you don't know. And and they were like, well, what are some examples? And I'm like, yeah, man, like, for example, you guys still use the word picnic. We don't. We don't really say that, you know, and they're like, well, it's a picnic. And I'm like, historically. The word picnic, you know, the, the rumor, for lack of a better term, around that was that term. Um, picnic comes from pick a nigga, where they would pick an African-American and they would hang him or her. And that would be like there would be feast around that. So if we're talking in the hood, we don't say picnic generally. We say, the you know, barbecue, a cookout. Yeah, I still call I've always I've called it cookout my whole life, dude. It's always been a cookout for me. Right. Even even the phrasing when we say, oh, yo, that person's invited to the cookout. Yeah. That is an alignment with a cultural and, and everybody's like, what? I didn't even know that. And I'm like, yes, you don't know what you don't know. And so I said, if you guys don't believe me, let's ask, you know, let's go ask people that happen to be black that I brought with me that, that are here at this session. And it's like, yo, bro, do you call it a picnic? And they like, no, it's a cookout or a barbecue, like just instinctively. Right. You know, and so. You don't know what you don't know. If I'm having conversations with someone, you know, some of my good friends like, you know, Dr. Boyce Watkins, who has a Ph.D. in finance. He's a really smart guy in relation to finance. I can have a conversation with him about how money works and what the Federal Reserve currently does now with interest rates and all of this other stuff. And we'll, he'll be on board. But he benefits when he talks to people about Austrian economics, right? Because the concept of where he got his PhD from is not having a discussion about von who, what the fuck, Roth, what, who, we don't even understand. So he may not know fully that he does not know that, you know? And so having those good faith conversations, Dr. Boyce Watkins is who I brought to the Solutionary Summit. And he met with some of the guys from Mises, the Mises Caucus. And it's like, well, we disagree with the inflation and the Fed. We know the process of what the Fed does, but on the back end or on the bigger scheme of things, the Fed is responsible for the vast majority of these economic problems in the first place. You know, and so knowing what we know, knowing what we don't know, and knowing that some, you know, knowing that there will be some things that we don't know that we don't know is why we stack the deck in our favor with people 
um, that have skill sets in those different disciplines or cultures. Sure. And I think that's important and that's not pandering. And if the, the quicker and the more that leadership at LP National um, can get on board with that, you know, without, again, not attacking anyone, but to say, you know, it's not enough to not be racist. It's you got to prove or whatever it is. You got to prove that you must be actively anti-racist. You have to be yeah, actively like, anti-racist. Right. It's like, well, the fact that you're just being liberty based and being honest and treating people cool and understanding that there's different culture. Is it if a friend of mine comes to my home and they're vegetarian, I'm not throwing away all of my like steak and shit. I'm just oh, going, no, no. <laughs> hey, we have vegetables and fruit for your culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, if, if a friend of mine is Muslim, if I, if I want to understand their perspective, I'll understand it. And I'll be like, yo, you know, I have a frying pan or a pot. If you want to cook in my home, I have a frying pan or a pot that we do not use um, and put, you know, pork in it because I understand their culture. They right. They don't even like cook with things in things that have pork in it. That's not me being a pander. It's just me going like, yeah, bro, I know I understand where you're coming from. So if you want to cook here, this is the frying pan for you. Not me going like, you know, I'm all the way down with, you know, the no pork thing. It's when I knew that you were coming over. I threw away all of my pork products just so you guys know. It's just an understanding of a thing. I'm not goddamn if I'm gonna waste my bacon, dude. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not throwing my bacon. You didn't wear a hijab to your front door to greet them, right? <laughs> right. It's like it's like it's it's just yeah, a I'm it's a balance to. there. And I think I think and again, you know, I think, you know, Joe, I know what she was trying to say there. Yeah. You know, and I and I and I think that, you know, previous leadership like Sarwark was absolutely a tap dancing buffoon in that regard. He just oh, yeah. was. And so um, we just got to make sure that we're learning from the lessons while still saying, yo, bro, with some things that we don't know, you know, what do you think about this? That, that, that way, I'm telling y'all, we, we haven't really fully flexed and Netflix is already fucking writing scripts to like paint us a certain way, sure. you know? Mm -hmm. So you I just challenge everyone to just hear that and try to like figure out ways that we can find out how we can strengthen the team. Um, mentally diverse as well as um, culturally diverse. How soon uh, do you think, well, who and how soon do you think one of us gets painted as a magical super Nazi? What you I've already been painted as one several yeah, times. Like, but, but, like, but like by Marvel. Oh, by Marvel. Yeah, oh. like by some, some big mainstream, mainstream it, company. It'll, it'll happen when, um, this is what'll happen. Two things, you get, you keep creeping in the percentages of the vote that you get on a national level, that shit is coming. And um, if that happens in conjunction, like if all of the stars align, like that happens in conjunction with um, campaign time and somebody does something remotely stupid like uh like a like a like or even just just dumb or tragic right like if there's a white dude that does a mass shooting and he has anything 
Austrian economic related, or God forbid, like Ron Paul in the truck that he does it in. And if we have not effectively um, got ahead of the messaging and highlighted some of our more solid voices and made strategic alliances with people um, that it's very difficult to do. And what I mean by that is, again, with Black Guns Matter, they could not run the gun owners are racist play on me. They could, I, obviously on Twitter, I get called like a white supremacist all the time. You and Eric July both, that shit always cracks me up every fucking time, dude. It's like, I'm like, this is amazing. Like this is, so I get the cool black card, like my cool black guy card, and I get like the white privilege card and shit. It's lit, we lit. Like, Yeah, if you're you know, black, you're enacting white supremacy right and it's the wildest thing but if we have not effectively neutralized that argument beforehand they're gonna throw it right if 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 god forbid if somebody does something like or even even not as extreme as a shooting if like a mass shooting even if it's like a white dude that gets attacked and then defends himself and i'm not talking about like zimmerman goofy shit like chasing the kid I don't mean that. I mean, like, legit, like, hands down, like, I would have shot the dude if he happened to be black and he was clearly defending life. If a dude does that and there's some Ron Paul, Rothbard, anything ANCAP, if it's anything ANCAP in his possession and we have not effectively, you know, made it so where it's very difficult to run that play, Disney's gonna get a hold of that shit, and you're you're gonna like you're you're the next Thanos, you know. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like that part is very very important. That that mess. Like we got to start now. Like like I don't care who has to do it, but somebody has to um, legit from the party has to figure out how they can make amends with Eric July because there was years of that old regime like oh, absolutely yeah. trying yeah. to shit on Eric July. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, and I say this as a person that I get all of the love from libertarians around the country, you know, whether it's me, whether it's dudes like I think I think I think LP National as a unit, maybe not the same people that were there. I think they legit owe Larry Sharp an apology, bro. Like, dude got ballot access, like dude ran for governor and got on Rogan as a libertarian as a black libertarian like how many fucking unicorns does he have to pull out of his hat larry sharp is basically my fucking hero at this point like i want i want to be as impressive as that guy when i grow up you you get what i'm saying yeah. and so like these i'm i'm like giving the play out like me like i can i'm going to force my way i'm i'm damn near going to go to like every fucking state convention I'm going to I'm going to carry the torch, you know, Illuminati reference out because that's, you know, hey, I'm, I'm get cool. I'm going to carry the torch. Right. Um, But it can't just be one dude. It can't right. be just like because then because then they'll package it as look, they just got the one black dude. Yeah, the token. Yeah, they'll call you a pick me. No, yeah, token. It's like they've already, called, they've already called Maj a token in the Libertarian Party several oh, times. Maj is paid off when he has the phantoms, right? Yo, the when black the, and white the, phantoms. Yeah, I've told everybody when my point of stop listening to me is, it's the if you guys see me with a black and white Bentley Continental GT 
do not listen to me. I have been compromised. Yeah. I, I've told everyone I have a sellout number. I have one. I think more people should look in the mirror and recognize what that number is. I think Mine is $800 million. Yeah, everybody's got a number. And my $800 million is not to betray people. My $800 million is for me to be quiet. Right. You know? Um, so if you guys start seeing me like with a black and white Bentley Continental GT, like both of them, the same car twice with different colors. <laughs> I have just to the fuck out. Like, believe hey. this, believe this or not, on my Patreon, I have a tier that is I will disappear entirely from social media for a million dollars a month. I'm out. <laughs> There's like, like, like for real, like the whole purpose of and when I say this, that that sellout number, um, sometimes people get offended yeah. and they're like, well, you shouldn't. And it's like, nah, here's the deal. Historically, I know what happens to people. I, I don't listen. CIA guys. Listen, my handler that's listening to my phone call. You guys listen to this, right? I'm not with like the fucking anybody can get got. Like they 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 popped the president in front of his wife and kids and like in the drop top. And then told us about it 60 years later and nobody and said, gives a yo, shit. that was us. Yeah. Fuck you gonna do about it, right? Um, so I'm not pretending like I'm this infallible or untouchable. I shake a lot of hands. Okay, you got a gun, but like so, right? Um I'm saying that this whole thing is supposed to be where it's not supposed to be dependent upon one person. It's, it's not supposed to be, you know, we, we are actually supposed Marvel reference. We're supposed to be Hydra. Right. You stop, chop one of us off and then two will grow in its place. You know, and we do that by being honest, by being direct and saying, if it's to the point where Maj rises to the ranks of the libertarian fold and, He's the guy. We have failed. And as cool as that might be for me, like, you know, like, there's a lot of libertarian liberty chicks that are, like, becoming more and more hot. Like, I will, I, I'd absolutely toss them around. That benefits me individually. This is a family show, Maj. What are you doing? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It, it would benefit me individually, but what does that do for the movement? What does that do for Americans? Nothing. Nothing. So just, just again, just cautioning people to make sure we operate. And I know we, we, people that understand individual liberties and rights so well, we become, you know, we have an aversion to the concept of anything that looks like collectivism. Right. So when I say, yo, these individual rights are to secure this for the individual, which is just the smallest one of many. We want all of these people to have, you know, their, their rights defended and protected. And we do that by having, again, a strong team. What is our starting five and a solid six man coming off the bench? What does that look like? The fact that we are not highlighting, hey, our party's chair is a woman more definitely. And highlighting that. Again, that's not the pander. It's like, listen, bro, you don't have to murder people for 40 years to get in the position of power politically in our party. You don't got to Clinton your way through the shit to 
be a person, be a solid le- in California. Like you don't, you don't have to. Women have a powerful voice. They have intuition. We value that in our party. That's why we didn't have to, you know, suicide. Our our chairperson didn't have to suicide a bunch of people or sell a bunch of people out to do that. We have to have that conversation. She may have suicided a couple people. I'm not going to lie. I mean, like on Twitter, she's killed like (laughs) under new management. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so these are all things that I'm telling you guys, we are absolutely a threat. Yeah. Um, I just want to challenge everybody to keep their head on the swivel and be joyous about that. Like not, not this doom and gloom, like, Oh man, JFK. Cause the, here's the other alternative. If we do this right, we have solid team. We have solid messaging. We are continuing to recruit. We are still respecting culture. We just win over most of America. And then most of America goes, yeah, man, I think I want to try this out. Listen to me. The GOP has presented legislation damn near calling for, and then they put some bullshit in it too, right? Where like retail sales tax would be like 23% of some shit like that. that You know, however, the fact that they're even flirting with, yo, should we defund the IRS or damn near abolish it? Talk about the Overton window. Right. You know, and so I want everybody to be joyous in these small victories. When I did a 72, my last 72 hour survival course where we had to like procure our food and water from outside and we slept outside for three days straight. One of the um, the instructor, good friend of mine, Akil Bay from Taylor Defense Training Group, Green Beret, Sniper, like Killy McKilly, but we'll pretend like he's not. Um, He used to say to me. You know, enjoy the small victories. Like if you are starving, you know, because you're doing a 72-hour course or anything, and you know that dandelions are edible, you find like a patch of dandelions and you can pluck them, you know, and then over there you see some pine needles and you can make some pine needle soup or tea. That's a small victory that you should enjoy. And those small victories that you find them throughout your journey will keep you going through your journey. So I want you know, libertarians to understand that one, um, we've taken over uh, um, the direction of the party and the direction of that everyone can feel a lot more proud about. That's a small victory. Um, adding more um, diverse minds and diverse skin tones without being a pander, without being like fake woke. Um, these are things that are small victories. Um, having people not to pat myself just on the back. However, like having people that are willing to like rumble and argue and talk about libertarianism and certain demographics that we need it, having those types of people on our team is a small victory. And these, and we build upon these. We're not trying to necessarily build a castle. We are, but we're not thinking about it that way. We're just going to lay, like Will Smith said in one of those motivational videos, we just want to lay this one brick perfectly. And then the next brick, perfectly. When you're in a gym, okay, I do five by, five sets by 20 in the gym. I'm not really thinking about the 20 reps. I'm thinking about do this one rep perfectly and then do the next one the same way. And so these are small victories that I just challenge everybody to, you know, remember. And don't don't think that it's all doom and gloom and, you know, grim. It's not, man. The fact that these people are, 
being afraid or changing their messaging in alignment with what we've been saying for a very long time is also a small victory. And I challenge everybody to, to bask in that for a moment while we work. Uh, we do we do have a couple super chats I want to get to here. Uh, Quest Fanning, thanks for the five dollars super chat. Long time uh, subscriber to the show, great guy. Uh, he said, "In a world where such a simple act as self defense has become vilified, how do we get the normies back on board with the right to arm oneself?" You keep showing them why it's important. You keep saying, you know, um, I, and our, our philosophy at the Solutionary Center and abroad. And the solutionary lifestyle is a three-step approach. You lead with empathy because once you have empathy with someone and they know that you kind of actually care, even if you disagree, they know it's coming from a caring place. But if you haven't taken the time to showcase or build any type of empathy and rapport with that person, nothing else is going to, they're not hearing you. Um, the second step after that is getting to the facts. If you try to get to the facts before empathy, Facts are very cold, so you haven't warmed the room up with them yet. And then after we have established empathy and we're going over the facts of the matter, then we can get to the solution together. That three-step process um, is the solution, how we approach things as solutionaries. Um, so when I see a, a person that um, is feeling like, well, personal protection isn't that really important to them, or they're afraid of it, or they're so-called anti. Um, I try to find out where their trauma or fear or um, aversion to it even comes from. And by finding that out, I can understand them better, which is a basic tenet of empathy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when I do that, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't really mess with guns. It's like, oh, you, you had, did, did you have an accident? Or did someone, you know, get you know, did you lose someone? Yeah, man, my cousin, you know, they were playing around with the gun. And da, 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 da. okay, that's not necessarily their anti-gun. They're someone that they love, didn't have information, got access to a firearm, and harmed themselves, possibly right. killed themselves. That's an educational component issue, you know. So one, I said, "Damn, man, I'm so sorry, man." That's why we do. The, that's part of the reason why we do um, the firearm safety classes for free. Because, man, like you're right. That's that's insane, and I, I, we just we hate that people um, tap in and, and, and that way or tap out that way. And then, they, oh, so you do safety classes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever taken a, um, a safety class? Nah, man, just once my cousin did that, you know, I kind of was off guns. Oh, man, I, I totally get it. But let me, here's a flyer for the class. It's free on Saturday if you want to pull up. You know, just pull up. You know what I mean? So now I've gotten empathy. Now I've gotten to the fact of the matter, which is, yeah, you should know how to safely load and unload a firearm and just have the safety components. So we've gotten to that fact. And then now we potentially get to a solution. There is no such thing as an anti-gun person. There's like two anti-gun people like in, on earth, like two. And when you know that anti-gun isn't really anti-gun, a person that says they're anti-gun, if you ask that same person, should police have guns, they'll say, yeah, because they're police. So they're not anti-gun. They just don't really understand that they're more pro. They think that only certain people or certain job titles should have firearms. So most people are not that, though. Most people are ignorant or exposed to the trauma. When you recognize that, you already know, I, I know their playbook. If they've 
then associated with trauma around the negligence of firearms, we know which way to go. If they believe that the monopoly of violence should be in the hands of the state, I know which way to go. And if they fall into that category, I kind of then go like, hey, man, I wish I was as trusting as you are. <laughs> and they like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you trust the government to way more than I do. And I, I could only aspire to, to get to that level of trust. And unequivocally, 95% of the time, that person goes, I don't trust the government. <laughs> I don't trust the government. And it's like, well, I mean, not to be rude, but like, I just don't want to rely on the police to come, especially where we live, man. The police show up. They may not be the best at engaging the citizens and so forth and so on. No, it's not that I, I don't trust the government. I just, and it gets right back to um, most of those people have trauma, you know? And so the person that, once the monopoly of violence to be in the hands of the state has not been shown how much trust they have in the government by making that statement. And when you explain it to them in a non-adversarial way, it just shows, it just holds a mirror up to them. Right. Damn. I trust the government to come protect me. Damn. I think that the government is more special than me or the agents of the state damn, is that what I'm saying out here? And they'll quickly try to clarify that for you. So it's really just finding out um, which one of those two camps that they lie in. And when they do, when you do find out what camp that they lie in, leading with the empathy and understanding where they're coming from. When I go to, when I go to uh, like vigils for uh, shootings and deaths or negligence, I might have on a Black Guns Matter shirt, but I'm not there to talk about guns, you know, especially if it's like a child. I'm there to be supportive of the family, of the love, the lost person. And I'm there to offer, hey, I got a ton of gun locks. Here's gun locks, guys. If you guys want to, you know, learn how to secure your firearm or if you want to, um, not have a firearm doesn't matter. I just want to be as as a, as a, uh, a vessel to give you some information. We're all humans. We're all you know Americans in America for the most part, right? I believe that people don't really want the gun to go away. I think people want the trauma, the negligence, and the death and the pain associated, rightfully or wrongfully associated with that tool. They want that to stop. Right. And if we can get them to understand that um we we get it and and they win there's there there's it's undefeated and then every so often you'll run into the one guy that's like no police shouldn't have guns either it's like oh well you fit the description of someone that just generally just doesn't rock with guns and it's like again there's like two people like that right. and they made a movie off of one of them i think it was called Hacksaw Ridge or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, the the dude who literally saved all those people but wouldn't carry a gun in the military. Yeah, that's, that's right. a fucking good movie too, by the way. And that person, I respect his commitment to his as a libertarian. Yeah, he has the individual right to go to fucking war without a gun. I'm not. That's nuts, but okay. And you don't okay. see him bitching and moaning that to all of his fellow soldiers that none of them should be using guns. Right, and he just was like, "Bro, it's just not for me." When I was a vegetarian, see, these, these are things that, like, people don't know. I was a vegetarian for, like, 10 years. No shit. 
Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And it's like, no, fruits and vegetables are very, very healthy. If you're working out, you may need to eat a shit ton of them. It's not as dense as, you know, beef. However, I'm not going to pretend like when people are like, oh, man, if you eat fruits and vegetables, there's no way you're going to be able to be strong. Well, elephants are vegetarians and so are gorillas. So, like, there's I, I wouldn't fight a gorilla. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> that makes one of us. They eat your face yeah. off, you know, and they eat leaves and shit. I'd rather fight a bear, dude. Right. And so Fuck. someone that says, no, a steak has, it is, it is flesh. It is a, a dead carcass. It is. Um, if you have an agenda with it, like, especially if you work out. Yeah. Michael Jordan, they say you should like eat a steak before every game. Right. Um, there's a balanced approach. Hey, bro, sense, maybe you should have some green juice. Maybe you should have some fruits and vegetables. Maybe you should also have some water. Now, this argument that, no, you don't need fruits and vegetables. Bro, like, shut the fuck up. Like, fruit and vegetables that come from the earth, there is a nutrient benefit to that. Again, we're going back into these camps of, like, these massive overcorrections because they disagree with the other, what the other side said. Similarly, if you're telling me that you are a vegan and you don't have a well-balanced diet because it's not meat, it's healthier. Fuck you, Doritos are not healthy. It's I mean, not meat. Everybody knows that Liver King is totally, totally natural. He, got, he just got busted for all that shit. He just got busted for uh, having having like a ton That's of fucking. Meat. They they his his list came out. He was on like seventeen different <laughs> anabolics or something like that. It's fucking crazy, He's dude. Insane but, and it's and and even that it's like I'm about to hop on steroids here shortly. Yeah. Do I have a good physique? Yeah. Do I want to try to see what happens under different conditions? Yes. When we're honest about the balanced nature of what the universe is. Right. We have to be very, very we're humbled. So when somebody says, you know, like, nah, man, why are you putting all of that bad stuff into your body? You're going to put that. Da, da, da. And then I look at them pour like eight gallons of sugar, white. Granulated sugar in their coffee. Sugar is six times more addictive than cocaine. Right. So it's like. Yo, bro, let's just be, let's have an, a balanced approach to life. If you like a steak, if you enjoy steak, if it is in alignment with your gains, do it. I'm going to say, hey, man, maybe sometimes take a fast for a, a day. Drink more water. Have some fruits and vegetables, too. If you are a vegetarian that are like, you know, you guys are evil because you're eating meat. Well, I worked at a, years ago, I worked at a slaughterhouse. My job was to kill cows. I used to knock them on the head with a sledgehammer before they came up with the little fried thing. And it's like, there's some, there's some truth to that. But also, you are attacking somebody for their individual choices. And you're coming off like a douche. And I'm way stronger than you. So if you keep fucking with me and attacking me, I might fucking violate you. Uh the balanced approach to life is what we, all of this to me is very spiritual, bro. And 
I think that libertarian, the libertarian ideology is, is a very balanced, and that's what we all strive for in all of our religious walks, right? Balance. It's a very balanced approach. Hey, I may not want to do that, but that person may choose to. Right. Hey, I disagree with that, but you don't have to. Hey, if I may not eat meat, but you do. Hey, I eat pork, but you don't. Where can we find a balanced approach in all of these areas to educate other humans? We have been conditioned and propagandized by the left and the right via all of these areas of human activity, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, war, whatever, to be polar opposites. We are becoming extreme opposites of the thing that we say we dislike because we have been conditioned to not try to understand this other. And the best example of that is the extreme opposite ends of the right and the left or the Democrats and the Republicans. They are doing the same things. Each side, when each side does it, when their guy does it, their mums the word about it. When the other guy does it, they're like, look at what that shit that that guy's doing. Yeah, we're seeing that right now with, uh, with the classified documents in, in, uh, in Biden's home. Same shit. Trump, Trump did it. It was, oh, this guy, he's the worst. Never mind the fact that presidents can damn near declassify whatever the fuck they want under right. certain, you know, obviously certain protocol. But, like, the reality is it's, it's, it's amazing. We see, it in, we see it in Biden himself, his reaction to... He created the laws that locked up a, a bunch of people in jail for a, however much of co crack cocaine. His son was walking around with it on this videos of it. So are we locking Hunter up? These contradictions are lessons for us all as humans. And I believe that libertarians or balanced beings in the political space have to be the guiding light to say, bro, we we're all doing it. We all got our bullshit. Where can we come together to kind of like save the Republic? Cause, cause otherwise you just keep just doing this. And then the bad thing about a pendulum swinging, it's attached to something. And that pendulum is going to keep violently swinging. It's just going to fall off. We have to be the spiritual adults in the political class, the spiritual adults in the room and every single aspect of our lives starts to become better when we do that. We talk about the gym, we talk about guns, even down to like squatting. When, when I'm talking to someone that may not have, I own and have read pretty much all of uh, Ron Paul's works, right? I got a bunch of shit that I have a vast library right here, right? When you start to see that these are all the same stories, like we're in the stories that we be reading, right? This is a great book right here, right? Lessons of History and how all of these essays of like some of the greatest thinkers of like world history, these are very repetitive universal themes. When we talk about that and we look at when we engage someone that may not have had the same study or the same well-read nature, we see it as a spiritual concept. And then I can tie that into something as simple as like the gym. When I say, 
yo, squatting is spiritual. When I have to lean down to talk to someone that does not have the understanding that I have currently or we have currently, I got to get to my lowest point to reach them. And I have the baggage of my entire life on my back. I have to engage them at their level. And that's not a diss for me to say down at their level, because some people evolve by more study, more lived experience, so forth and so on. I have the weight of what happens in my life already on me that I'm already carrying. I have to stand still. I have to squat. I have to engage this person and I have to lift myself back up. What the fuck is not spiritual about that? And if we recognize that as a, as a, as a, like almost like a calling as almost like a vocation, it, it forces you to be humble because just like, you know, we're squatting, whatever we squatting, whatever we doing under the bit flat press or whatever, there's people that have more well-read and um, articulate arguments on what they're believing in. And at a certain point, you know, we'll meet people that are higher up on the evolutionary scale of that too. I mean, like who, who, who of us could argue the level of strength that it would take? Like I haven't even gotten over not hitting people back that hit me. I have yet to get, that shit is difficult. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like someone that hits you, pow. I literally can't, I can't let somebody hit me and not hit them back no. unless they put me out. For, it's it's almost second. like I'm absolutely gonna fuck you up. I'm just it's coming. I'm this is what I, I'm conditioned to do that. The strength that it would take to not hit somebody back, I have not acquired. So how 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 humbling is it of me when I think about men like Dr. Martin Luther King, who was a gun owner, who was a gun owner, that was like yeah, man, I'm going to just let him hit me on TV because when the rest of America sees what these small sections of the population are doing to us, shit is going to change. If that's not spiritual, I do not. And that's a political tool. If that's not spiritual, I don't I don't I don't know what is. And so it's so humbling to look at the lens of balance, look at through the lens, look at it through the lens of balance. And go through it with that approach, and and it's humbling for people that have evolved more evolved in certain areas, and it's it's a respect for people that are less evolved in other areas. And if you are the particular vessel that this understanding of liberty, this understanding of freedom, they have the freedom to remain ignorant, right. and you have the freedom to share information with those that want to receive it. They have the freedom, and they are at liberty to fucking ignore you. And just want fiat currency. Right. And if you don't really, it, when you we start to really internalize that, we still do the work while at the same time saying um, no one has to receive any of this. We still go, um, I'll leave others alone. Like I choose to be left alone on certain areas, but I'll still continue to spread this gospel. All of these things that we're talking about tonight are very, very, all of the histories are littered with these lessons and spiritual practices. All of the political fights are littered with these histories. And the other thing that I recognize about that is every single time when tyrants present themselves in world history, it, whether it's Rome or it is, the imbalance falls, the empires crumble, 
And the tyrants are always the loser. Like American chattel slavery was hundreds of years. To a motherfucker that grew up in that and died in it, it seemed like it was forever. Chattel slavery in America ended. And so it gives us motivation. It gives us a, a, a humbling way of approaching this. And it makes it more difficult for us. I know I said this all in a roundabout way, but it makes it very difficult for us to ridicule that newbie that doesn't believe that he needs to carry a firearm. It's, oh man, I, I, I remember when I thought that like Brandon Tatum was intellectually sound. Oh man, I remember being that silly. You know, and so if we look at it from that way, um, we, it's it's a lot easier to lead with the empathy, to find the facts, to you know, to apply the facts together, and get the, to the solution as a unit. Hey, Maj, can you comment on what's going on in uh, Illinois right now with JB Pritzker and their their assault weapons ban? Some fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking about spirituality, like I want you to maybe talk about how non-compliance can be seen in the spiritual light, how we get our rights from our creator rather right. than from the constitution. Yeah, bro. Like the constitution just wrote it down and like so-called codified it. Well, I'll say the bill of rights. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm gonna be in Chicago in a couple of weeks. I'm taking a gun. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go to Chicago without a gun. Yeah, and how do how do we how do we fight that battle with you know when we say when we talk about noncompliance as libertarians, sometimes we're painted as advocating uh, for criminal activity, and yeah. we're, we're not doing that. And how, how do you explain that to a to a normie? You got to explain it all the time, every time, both ways. When so I'll I'll lead with this example and I'll tie it back in. When Colin Kaepernick decided to take the knee, because at that time there was like. You know, at this point, it's been like years from ago. But during that time, it seemed like media was showing us an American getting murdered by police unarmed. Like it was like almost like we couldn't get through a week without this shit happening. Right. Um, and he articulated so well his reason for why he was taking the need to bring attention to it. It was like maybe a two or three minute interview and he just hit all of the points. And I was like, damn, that was great. He said, this is not about disrespect to the American flag. I talked to a combat veteran who said, absolutely, you should do it. You know, we fought and I lost friends for your ability to express yourself that way. He said, so this isn't a diss to the military. A combat vet told me to do it. This isn't a diss to the flag. It's bringing attention to these things, right? Then he stopped. He gave a holistic answer. Then he stopped talking. And then other people started to hijack his narrative. When you're when you have a narrative, you have to continue to be on code and repeating that narrative holistically. If you say one thing without the other, it's either one, either side that you pick me as a thinker, I could argue against you and win. But if you say the whole thing, like so, for example, if I say. The sec, the, the attack on the Second Amendment and in, a, in, in Illinois by banning um, what is being called assault weapons is not only unconstitutional, but it's rooted in racism that is going to negatively impact communities of color in Chicago and other cities in Illinois. 
because bad people that already don't follow the rules are not going to follow this rule. It is unconstitutional, it is racist, and it is unsafe based on some of the data in books like More Guns, Less Crime by Dr. John Lott that showcases that areas that have more restrictions on the human right, the natural right to defend our life, those areas that have more restrictions or attempted restrictions have more violent crime. I've explained this whole thing. I've explained the racist component. I've explained the constitutional component. I've explained the natural law, the human right that does not exist in just the government said this. I tied people back into the framework of America and I've tied it back into some data. Every single time that I explain that, I have to explain all of it. If I just say, man, they attacking gun owners in Illinois. If I was my opposition, I would say he must have been paid by the NRA because he, he doesn't care about the death that's happening to black people in the city of Chicago because of these guns. That's what I would say. Right. Because you left yourself open. And then I hijacked that narrative. Now you're trying to prove to me that you aren't paid by the NRA. Keep fighting that. Trump was very good at putting people under a label. Once I label you, you're fighting to get out of that label and you can't really articulate your points. You know, he called, you know, Mike Bloomberg, he nicknamed him Mini Mike. So now everybody's calling him Mini Mike, right? Instead of him able to be able to talk about what he came there to fucking talk about. Um, he did the same thing with Elizabeth Warren. He's like, yeah, Pocahontas. Now everybody's calling her Pocahontas. It's the same thing that Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin did, where when people wanted to go talk or his opposition, every time they try to get on the mic, when they said two words, the entire audience will be like, what? What? So the person couldn't get a word in edgewise. You, you can neutralize that by repeating, boringly repeating in every interview, the same exact thing from a holistic perspective and saying, no, these are unconstitutional. We cover the Second Amendment people. They're racist because the practice of gun control in America is there to um, discourage African-American people and melanated beings from exercising their human right to self-defense. Now we took it out of the Constitution or limited to the Constitution because we said a human right. Human rights violations happen in all parts of the globe. So it's not just Constitution-based. You have to say these things holistically from the, the entire time. If you do not say it from both angles or multiple angles, if I'm the prosecuting attorney, I, you're going to jail if you don't express yourself thoroughly in, against me. I am going to violate you. And there's a, there's a, a movie called um, Thank You for Smoking. That's a great movie, by the way. Very Amazing good. movie. And there's a scene in there where his son is saying Nick Naylor is a guy that he works for Big Tobacco and his job is to do the PR for to Big Tobacco. And the son's writing the article and the son asks him, Dad, you know, how is America, um, you know, why is America the best nation or something like that? And he's like, well, is it? And he's like, come on, Dad. And he's like, listen, you're framing your question wrong. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He was like, okay, I'll give you an example. He's like, if you were trying to prove to me um, what's your favorite ice cream? And he's like, 
chocolate. And he's like, okay, so for you, it's chocolate or nothing else. And he's like, yeah, chocolate is the best. And he's like, so you're sure? Nothing else, just chocolate, chocolate. He's like, yeah, chocolate's the best ice cream. And he's like, well, I don't believe that it's just chocolate. I believe that somebody should have vanilla if they want or butter pecan or they should have strawberry. I believe in choices because that's freedom. And the son was like, well, you didn't convince me. And he's like, yeah, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm, I'm listening. I'm talking. I'm not talking really to you, the person I'm arguing against. I'm talking to the people listening. Because somebody in that audience, he didn't say this part, but somebody in that audience likes strawberry. Somebody in that audience likes butter pecan. Some people like sprinkles. I've convinced them that their choice, wherever they lie, is correct. And if I've made, and they agree with me, that means I'm correct, which quite naturally means you and your taste for chocolate is wrong. So I win. Because the argument isn't about the one thing. The argument is about the holistic approach. So how we push back against that in um, civil disobedience and what's happening in Illinois and all of those different things is by having a holistic argument every single on deck, every time that somebody presents that. Ah, man, I'm not sure about that. I mean, the bad guys in Chicago, because that's the talking point that they're going to use. The bad guys in Chicago, they already not following rules. Well, I don't I don't know if I agree with stopping regular you know, safe and responsible firearms owners from having the means to defend themselves from that. The government isn't going to show up to protect them, and nor should they. They have no legal obligation to do so. That's a Supreme Court decision that's been upheld several times. I just hate that they're trying to push this racist practice of gun control and use black people in Chicago as the litmus test or the stepping stone to make that happen to all of the people of Illinois. That's just not right. So now we've addressed the moral component. We've addressed the racial component of gun control. We've erased the human rights that we have outside of the Constitution in 30 seconds. The arguments have to improve and not meaning that you got to change them. You have to add more into the argument. And as far as civil noncompliance, just don't do it. Don't turn shit in. Don't turn anything in. You see what happened with the bump stock ban and and. Rest assured, guys, Firearms Policy Coalition is already there's already other states because I think this was the ninth one. Those are going to get overturned. The bump stock ban, Trump's bump stock ban just got overturned like last week. Yeah, I saw that. So not saying that we should rely on the courts because we're in a bad space if we're relying on the Supreme Courts to interpret what's already clear in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We're in a bad space if we're relying on that. You get a bad judge, a bad pick, right? If RBG didn't die and like one or two other judges on the Supreme Court, there wouldn't be so-called more right-leaning or conservative Supreme Court justices, and that could have went different ways. Hey, Maj, we got a uh, we got a big super chat here from Daniel Three uh, podcast. Yep. By the way, I'm sure you know Daniel uh, Three. He's he actually sent three. He sent two two dollars super chats. Saying vegan, being vegan almost killed me. Steak saved my life. <laughs> if we didn't eat cows, they would just go extinct. But then he he, he dropped a twenty dollars super chat. Thanks for that, man. He said, uh, two of my favorite guys in the liberty movement. Love it." Questions for Maj: How do you talk about gun ownership with those who think owning guns inherent in, is inherently a violence? Personally, I view gun ownership as an exercise in peace. I say it that way. I say, you know. If someone says just the ownership of the firearm is inherently evil or violent, 
Um, if I'm comfortable with that person, I just take my gun out and I sit on a table, clear it and sit on the table. It's like, bro, I trust you enough with this gun on the table that one, you're not going to just load the gun and shoot me. I trust you and I care for you that much. Cause I'm definitely not going to do it to you. Right. The same gun was in my waistband, you know, and I trust that you're not going to pick that gun up. It's not, it's sitting on the table. If what you're saying is true, the evil would seep and emanate from the gun and the table and turn you into an evil monster and shoot me. I trust you enough that you won't do that to me. I trust that this is an inanimate object enough that it won't do that to you. This isn't the fucking ring of like Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you don't have to be as righteous as Thor in order to pick it up or it just won't. It's not, it's not, it's, that's not how it works, you know? But sometimes people need a physical representation. And if I take my gun out and clear it and leave it on the table while we talk about it, it's like, bro, it's not going to do anything. Then uh, we get right back to where the trauma is in that person and try to address that. Uh, thanks for the two, $2 super chats, Grump, Grumpy Gnome. He says, how do we get solutionary centers in other cities? Whew, shit. Uh, we need money, dude. Like, um, we've used Philadelphia. We had an initial goal of trying to lower the violent crime in Philly by 25%. We failed in 2022. Uh, tw yeah, 2022. 2021 was Philadelphia's most violent and murderous year. We had 562 homicides in Philadelphia in 2021. Um, our violent crime rate with the little bit of work that we've done at the Solutionary Center for 2022, we dropped the violent crime rate 7%, um, which is good, but it wasn't what we were shooting for. Like, because we, you know, we need more resources to do that. Um, we have a, 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 a remaining goal um, we just need funding. Like if we can show, if, if we could show that we drop violent crime and it's unequivocally because of us in a big city, then we could, it'd be a lot easier to say, let's get solutionary centers franchised or, Hey, who got $2 million and let me buy and rehab this abandoned storefront and do the same thing. Um, so really just kind of like the resources. I, I love the model that we had and we are at risk of having to stop it, um, of like, Everything's free at the Solutionary Center, other than the merch, right? Um, but, like, all of the classes are free. Yoga classes, phlebotomy, fucking, like, sewing. Like, everything is free. You just show up and just, like, come learn shit. Removing that financial barrier to entry is a key component. Because gun ownership, you got to buy the gun. You got to, like, I want you to get training. Um, I want you to, like, get ammo at the time. Like, ammo, you know. So um, just asking everybody to, you know, donate. Um, gibsongo.com forward slash solutionary and make it profitable that way, like a social and moral profit. And then we can get back to, you know, let's open up another one and then let's make it, you know, the for profit model in that sense. But that's what it'd take, man. Or if any of y'all guys and women that are listening, they're like crypto whales or some shit. Some of y'all Bitcoin nerds like that are like <laughs> really serious in the space, like help us out. Um, or if you're a corporation or a big company that's like, yo, I'll help you quarter four or I'll help you with some of the stuff. And this is what I need in the back end. Let's figure that out. But like, um, 
That's how we get it done. The first time is like always the most difficult. It's always, I remember when we went on our first tour with BGM, it was like, dude, like what the hell? And now it's easy doing classes and floating around. Um, but creating a location is difficult and it's rough. So if you, if to help out with that guys, donate, buy some merch. If you're in Philly, absolutely come to the Solutionary Center. If you want to teach a class, I'll come to your class. If you teach something, you're like, yo, Maj, I want to teach a class at the Solutionary Center. Cool. It's free. If you have a skill, you a barber, you a plumber, whatever. You want to teach a basic Bob class at the Solutionary Center, it's free. Uh, if somebody's teaching electrical for free, the basics of it, I'm fucking showing up. Um, register. Register for a class. Oh, um, you know what I mean? Solutionarylifestyle.org. Email us, solutionarylifestyle at gmail.com. And then th the beauty of this is um, we're fully transparent. If you teach a class at the Solutionary Center and people come learn, right, and we get the content, and then we continue to show the great things that our communities are learning, then more people donate. And more people donate, we can get more people to come do stuff. More people do more stuff, we get more content. People see, oh, man, that's a cool thing that you do. It becomes a self-perpetuating thing. Um, but resources happen there. Our goal was if we can walk that, talk about balance, the individual can choose to voluntarily donate to something that the individual can come be a part of or they're paying it forward to the collective benefit. No tax, no force, no violence, no none of that. Just, yo, I don't know when he's going to come to my town, but I'll throw 20 bucks. And or somebody in his city might need some basic firearms. I, I know about firearms and they may not. So I'll throw a thousand bucks, whatever the number is. That's an individual choosing to pay it forward for the benefit of the overall collective. That is balance. And I, I, you know, I struggle sometimes with explaining that to highly individual people because the imbalance thing, it's like, right. bro, adding to a collective isn't like the hive mind, especially if you guys are in there going like, challenging each other that's how fucking some of the greatest documents were written that's how the marine like fighting in philadelphia to create the marines fighting over what this government or limited government should be the federalists and the anti-federalists doing this and going like yo that constitution might be cool and all but double down on the list of things that don't come from government too that needs to be in there and we're going to continue to ratify and amend this Make sure we get a better union. That is individuals that understand individual liberties putting in together for the collective. And that was that was our reason for doing everything on a voluntary basis. And like it's it's, you know, the sacrifice involved. Um, like I absolutely would have 10 million dollars in cash if I wasn't if I didn't give my last seven years of my life to this shit. Right. There's no like I'm good at selling weed, like a lot of it. So, you know what I'm saying? so speaking of weed right so, um so like you know there's a there's uh, i just want people to see that vision and that's how we keep it going and that's how we move forward so again guys if anyone listening has, has anything that we, we've talked about and discussed tonight if you have felt it and if you feel moved to make an individual voluntary donation cool 
if you a crypto whale, if you want to email me and you're like, look, bro, I'll I'll give you ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Cool. Uh, we'll take it. We'll flip it. We'll figure it out. But like we really I really want to keep this going and, and saying and lastly, um, this company here, this is not a real firearm. This is a cert pistol. Right. It's got lasers on it. This company, Next Level Training, has agreed for the entire month of January um, to give us 10 percent of their online sales. So if you all guys need to buy a cert pistol, which, which is a piece of training equipment, um, go over to nextleveltraining.com. Use promo code BGM. You'll get 10 percent off if you use that code. Um, so we'll damn near get 20 percent. They're going to give us 10 percent of all of their overall sales. And they're still going to give us the 10% that we would have got for the, you know, for the, uh, what's the name? So that's a way to do it. Um, we got maybe 400,000 more dollars to get. But if we, we said if we got to 220, we could, you know, keep things going on the free tip. But uh, that's how we get solutionary centers all around the country. Those resources and those bigger companies, when they see that there's a, um, you know, you're, you're helping reduce crime. When you help to reduce crime in an area, you make it good for business. More businesses show up, and that's a benefit to the overall community. So bigger companies will go, okay, we want to assist. We want to get on board with this. So that's how we start. to Again, we build in those bricks, one brick at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And and man, I just I really appreciate all the work all the work you're doing. I don't think I don't think people, you know, hopefully this interview kind of clears it up for some people, but I don't I don't think a, a lot of people even in our movement understand how important that work is. Um yeah. because in the urban areas uh they have you so brainwashed into believing that your second amendment is just gone all the time. And that's everybody. You know what I mean? Yep. But it, especially like in the black community, uh, in in the lower class, even white communities, like it's they have you brainwashed to believe that you cannot carry a firearm, and that's not always the case. And uh, and the only way that we ever take that uh, narrative back from them is by by things like Black Guns Matter and solutionaries and and uh, you know educating. And so that I, I think it was a great interview, Maj. Like I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Like thank fucking, you. I mean. That was a lot of information. I hope everybody took it in. But man, it's so fucking it's so fucking important, dude. It's so important. You guys got Thank anything? Thank you so much, man. You guys got anything over there? This is the quietest I've ever heard my co host ever. <laughs> We're in the, soaking in this history. all in. It's awesome. Uh, are you going to be the uh, the mayor of Philadelphia anytime soon? I thought about that. Um, it's either going to be there's a few things floating around about me and po politics. I thought about that too. If I don't do anything political. I'll probably two things will happen. The Illuminati is gonna come by me. <laughs> They'll be like, that "Yeah, we million. heard you. We heard you. Here's the here's the fiat currency. Doesn't matter. That shit'll be worthless in like six weeks. <laughs> so here you go, hat ball out. They'll either do that, or um, I'll just go be on a farm, man. I'm done. I, like I, Thanos in the movie is so funny." Like after he like killed half of the universe, he just went to go be a farmer. Yep. And was just like, I just want balance. I just want like to kind of like hang out and just shit is wild. And I just want to like grow fruit. So like I'll, if if I don't if I don't do the mayor thing or the political thing, I want to keep doing this work. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I want to keep doing whatever I can for the liberty movement. 
when I am being called, like I want to grow food. Like I want to just like, you know, somewhere warm. Phil, Phil from um, All That Remains, he lives in New Hampshire. Uh, I know he has a house there. I don't know how often he's there. He's a fucking rock group. He's a fucking rock star. He tours a lot. Right. You know, um, he drinks coffee and shoots suppressed off of his front porch. <laughs> and I'm just like. You can do that here in Iowa, parts of Iowa too, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what yeah. New Hampshire and Iowa. Imagine lived in Philly the whole time. So that places like Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, and just growing food and hanging out and like building an indoor outdoor range and an indoor outdoor swimming pool and a gym. Right. You know, like that is very appealing to me. And so um if I don't do the the Philly thing, or there's these other things that people say about me politically. If I don't do that, that seems very alluring. Um, it is nice to get out of the city. As somebody who got to move move the fuck away, it it feels nice, dude. It's so much better, and I and I we're flanked by highways and like from a military strategic and tactical standpoint. If you don't have your nest team right in a big city, yeah, bro, it, it might be you might be fucked, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably one of those things are in my future. Or like I said, the Illuminati just shows up. And you get like, money. Yeah, I mean, out here in Iowa, you're never more than thirty minutes away from the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, but we're, we're right, 40 minutes from Brownells, by the way. Oh, that's that's my God. Peace, yeah. my God, too. Um, yeah, y'all, I'm Ghost. I'm about to go do other things. I appreciate you all. Everybody, make sure you are listening, paying attention, sharing not only this podcast, this particular episode, but all of them. There's There's been tons of um, interviews that have been eye-opening for myself. And I want you guys to make sure that you're continuing to support this platform. Like, this shit ain't easy to like deal with, you know, people forgetting the schedule and, and, and having these conversations and tough conversations. And they're very, very valuable. So I want to make sure that everybody is continuing to listen, tune in and support the pod. Hell yeah, Maj. Hey, thank you so much, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, giving everybody some, some truth bombs that they needed to hear. We appreciate you, man. And I look forward to what you got coming up next. No doubt. Peace. Peace. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Mosh cool, man. Go go support it. Seriously. I mean, he's doing he's doing really good work. Like and that's important work, dude. Like very important work. Grind. It's not grind. yeah, it's it's a grind. He's it doing is. more important stuff than I think I'll ever do in my lifetime. Like yeah. Yeah. it's it's just incredible stuff. Yeah, maybe we could get you to join. We should we we should, you know what we need to do? We need to somehow convince Ryan to join the military just long enough for boot just long enough for boot camp, dude. Just, I just want, I, since our last show where we talked about that, I yeah. just want to see how far he makes it into boot camp, just through reality recap. episode. I just want to do it. Uh, guys, I want to tell you, uh, so uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm having a rough night. Uh, so I really appreciate all you guys coming to hang out with us. I, uh, for you guys that don't know, I wasn't really allowed to talk about it on the show, uh, but we were going through a pretty lengthy process to get, um, 
uh, the younger sibling of my children who was born in February uh, to, to move here from another state. We were going through like what's called an interstate placement process, ICPC or something like that. And um, we've been going to classes. Uh, we, we got home studies done. We did background checks, fingerprints, all that stuff. Uh, and then today we found out that the foster parents uh, got a um, got a lawyer and went down and and was approved to adopt him. So we like right out from underneath us. Uh, we had no say in it. We had nothing, and it just was completely abrupt. After man, we've been doing this for well, almost a year since February of last year, um, and so it was a really rough day for me. So I appreciate you guys all coming to hang out with us. Um, I haven't even gotten the opportunity to tell my kids. JC, yeah. my man, yeah. gave me gave a five dollar super chat to give just me to my give cock. You, just to give you the Epcot. <laughs> like you're the one having the bad night. Uh um uh we also I think we got a I think hold on. I think we got one earlier in the show too. Quest dropped a Cox uh emoji for yeah, the he did. super chat. And then Dickie Walnuts, the homie, he's been a member for 15 months. He says, As a pit bull American, I gotta love the quarterly euthanized mu scary dogs. Takes uh, takes we've been seeing on the bird app and also um daniel three used his member for 17 months i mean he's been a member almost the whole damn show he used to be an executive producer of the show too he used to be a executive producer level um i know he was he was taking his money other way other places but that's all right he says shush and take your jab and crickets guys no uh, absolutely yes not. i will live in the pod and eat the bugs govern me harder daddy yeah <laughs> No, hey JC, don't worry, don't worry about the the timing. I was, it's okay, dude. I'm just a little beat up about it, so I was really happy that you guys all came and hung out. We had we had some good people in the chat tonight. I saw Forest Mommy showed up even. Uh, Ofer was there. Craig, great people, all fucking great people. Quest, Carl, Carl Crambeck is in there, is in the chat. Oh, the yeah. scientific libertarian. The scientific libertarian, yeah. Drea's in there. There was some, there was some good people in the chat. Grumpy and then Mo. there was Dicky. And then there was Dicky, yeah, Dicky, of course, and of course Daniel. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen Daniel Three Biblical Anarchy show up in a while either, man. He used to come to a lot of these guys used to come to the shows every night. This guy got my fucking Twitter back. That's why. It is yeah. it's making a difference. And you. then you got you got an incredible guest. The click through rate is is coming back. Um, guys, I love you to death. We're gonna have a show for you on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, so we will have another show for you coming up on Tuesday. I don't have a guest booked yet, uh, but I'm working on a I'm working on a good one. Oh, okay. And I I got a I got a friend we were talking about on Tuesday that I, uh one once football I I would guess once football season wraps up would be the best time to have him. Yeah, I boy. Because he does football, he does football content full time. Oh, okay. so okay. Uh, he he's That'd done cool. several videos for the NFL this year. Oh, nice! Hey guys, uh, go check out uh, uh, Peace Hawk Coffee with this small coffee roasting business. Peace Hawk will sell delicious micro batch roasted coffee online while donating at least one dollar of every pound sold to worthy foreign aid organizations like Yemen Relief and Reconstructing Foundation, who has expressed support for this project. While their initial focus will be on Yemen, Ethiopian coffee, well, they'll also have some affordable Central American varieties available too. However, PSOC will always donate at least $1 for every pound sold to worthy foreign aid organizations. When you buy PSOC coffee, you're not only buying great coffee, you have a chance to support the economies of countries struggling against the effects of war, support stellar private aid foundations doing life-saving work abroad, support stateside peace activists like uh, myself, everybody who's ever been on the show, my friend Will Hobson, who started this company. Uh, the name PSOC will be the counter to the Warhawk who is aggressively pro-war. This country, uh, this company, this country, 
this company will be aggressively pro-peace. Sign up for the email list today at peacehawk.coffee. You can get all the updates there. Really great stuff. Definitely a great, um, definitely a great uh, uh, company to be uh, supporting. I'm drinking Peacehawk coffee right now, actually, and it's very good. I think this is the Yemen one. It's pretty good shit. We went out and bought a French press just to just to drink the coffee, dude. We so. we. Yeah, we 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 we. Guys, I love you, Death. You guys got anything before we go? Uh, I, I don't really follow me on Twitter at Bulldog Gamer Twenty Eight. Yeah, go that's, follow my co-host on usual. Twitter, man. Too yeah, I, the the fo- since you tweeted it out, it like there was a there's a rush of a couple of people, and then it's like sl- Slow. slowly yeah. been snowballing, and then I I've felt more confident as I've gotten more f- followers. So I've you, been trying to put you know out more bangers. Is. Let me tell you, AJ got more followers from that post that I made on my thing than you did, and do you know why? Because AJ makes some fire ass tweets, dude. You got to go put out some fire tweets, buddy. You got to do it. Uh, and I do want to edgy for an old man. They're edgy. I'm the edgiest. dude. No one's more edgy than me. No, uh, but I do. I do. I do want to say uh, I got a lot of comments during the show about my Carhartt beanie asking if I was pro mandate. No, this this oh, Carhartt Jesus beanie, Christ. this Carhartt beanie was a gift from my good friend, AJ Fisher. And it was to signify the east side of Des Moines where people wear Carhartt yeah. everywhere. Um, and uh, the I, environment is the least of our fucking worries. Yeah, I love um no, they were talking about the the COVID mandates because Carhartt, Carhartt had a Carhartt. We don't follow COVID mandates either. God yeah, Carhartt had a, a pro mandate for yeah, the COVID. Yeah, yeah. Jazz, we just so. burn um, fucking gas stoves. They were one of home. they were one of the first people. They were one of the first people to drop it as far as the big businesses yeah. that I support. We wear Carhartt hats. We're cucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did. I did commit today. I <laughs> I I also uh, I also committed today. Uh, to if they do take my Viking uh, gas range stove that I have, my very you guys have seen my oh, stuff, yep, very yeah. fucking nice. If they do come and take that shit from me, I have committed to 365 days a year of smoking meats in the backyard, <laughs> just to increase my carbon footprint on the world. Awesome. Anyways, I love you guys to death. Thanks so much for hanging out. This was a great show. I think we're gonna do some more long form shows like this every once in a while. If you guys are cool with that, uh, I think we get a lot more information. I think people are more entertained. We get more viewers, and I love you to death. I will see you on Tuesday. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Holy shit, I think I'm poet